was saying, welcoming the King of Kings yes. to come in. Yes. Welcoming the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, yes. to come in. Yes. Now I've heard the song, but I need to hear my family say,
say that uh, we can do greater, greater works. Yes, we do. The things that he did here when he was on planet Earth. Yes. You know, we can do greater. And you know what? I'm standing up here bold this morning. Yes. And Come on, 
We didn't know if Nayil was alive or dead. We didn't know where she was. We didn't know if she was okay. We didn't know if she was still breathing. Yet your pastor got up every morning, held you guys' hand, worshiped to God, and told you, you were going to be okay. He told her that her daughter was alive and she's going to be okay. Every other Sunday, y'all want to come in. Hallelujah. And then go home. Burger lay down. We didn't know if she was dead or alive. I cried. For my sister, I cried for my mother. I remember when we were in our old house, me and mom was just sitting there, and I just started crying. And she asked me, what's wrong with you? And I'm having dreams and visions that my sister is not okay. I'm eight years old crying for my sister. For you guys who don't know, she's 13 years older than me. I didn't know if my sister was dead or alive. And you guys coming here like dry bones. Sometimes we don't know if you guys are dead or alive. But we come in here worshiping and thanking God for you guys. For us, for us to be able to cross that threshold. Some of y'all look at this as a building. I know it's just me to you. I remember there was a time I just saw a building. I was like, dang. We got it. Going here. But then, but God, now when I cross that threshold, I'm just like, happy be mama here. Shoot. Now you're going to call that man. You can listen. You're going to have to be ready at 10. I might be a little late, but you're going to have to be ready at 10. So, it's completely up to you. I gave my testimony. Now, I want to see. If you're going to be honest, keep in mind, you in the house of the Lord. So, you can't lie. I mean, you can, but I wouldn't recommend it. So, I'm going to leave the microphone right here. If you want to give your testimony, that's all. I'm going to pick it up, buddy. Um, hey, y'all, how you doing? Hey. Um, today going to be a good day. Yes. Because today's a new day. Yes. Today is a new day. Yes. Yes. And God is good. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, J-Man. How y'all doing? 
just walk away from his job. He wouldn't let me even get get angry and explode. He yeah. said, you gonna sit in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I sat in it. I prayed. I read my word. I was kind. And I went to that job every day. And I almost, I almost let the enemy trick me into taking a job that was not for me. Hattiesburg Clinic, they, 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 they interviewed me like two or three times, called me back, and made an offer. And it, it sounded, it sounded all right, but guess what? Down in my soul, yeah. I knew, I knew that that was not the job for me. And I called Pastor and I said, they made me an offer, but I'm waiting on my other job. They, they just they wait on funding to come in. I said, I, I just don't it don't it don't feel right with me. It, just, it don't sit well. She said, you already you already know the answer. And and I'm just so thankful that I did not just say yes because I was so desperate to get out of the situation. And let me tell y'all, the joy is this job that I'm on now. I'm serving the people of God. I'm yeah. serving the people of God. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's to be a blessing to God's people. And guess what? I got my own office space. But the beautiful thing is, I can set the atmosphere. Yeah. I can read the word of God throughout the day. I can play my gospel music and still pray as these people come in for help and see their need. And I just give God glory. Yes. He's not done. Yes. He is moving y'all. Yes. And I know if he's moving for me, he's moving for y'all. No, every day's not going to be a great day. But in the, and that's what I told Pastor. I said, it's like, I see, I see the enemy moving. Yes. I see the devil still throwing stuff at me. Yes. But the stuff that God is doing, it, it may be small to small. It's big to me. And I just, my heart is just
that day, later on that night when I woke up, it was about three something in the morning, I was reading that scripture and I said to God, what do I do? How do I give praise if I don't have breath, right? And so I'm a researcher, I research. And when Moses asked God, you know, who do I tell these people you are? God said, you tell them I am who I am. In the original Hebrew translation, it says Y-H-W-H. Over time, we have added vowels because we're a society who likes black vowels and it comes as Yahweh. So if you say Yahweh, your mouth never closes. The W, the Y-H stands for inhale and the W-H stands for exhale. So when you Yahweh, Yahweh. When a baby breathes, when it first comes into this earth, its first words are praising God because it's breathing. Yeah. And so what God said to me in that moment was, Lord, I expected more. Yeah. But the very fact that you were breathing in the service, you were already praising my name without me even knowing. You say the word of God every time you breathe. You know, so I, I just thank God for that. I thank Him for always being the fourth man in my fire every time. I thank him for always showing up at my tomb, you know, like Lazarus and raising me from dead places. I thank him for always shutting the mouth of the enemy. I just thank God for being God. And I also thank him for our pastor. Because like me said, even though we know it's God, sometimes that telephone will ring and I'll just be on the other end crying and you may can hear it at times, but I'll just be like, Lord, how do they even, I feel like it's a camera in my house sometimes. And it goes directly to them. Like everything we do, every move we make, they know about it. But the obedience and the willingness to do what God has called for them to do. Because I'm pretty sure at times it gets hard. It reminds me of, you know, me telling the kids, clean your room, clean your room. After the third time, I get sick and tired of saying that. I imagine they are the same way that God said God said, Amanda, God said, now look, the Lord said this. I imagine it is tiresome, but they are still willing to go and go and go and go. I'm so happy to see you. I said a couple months ago to Pastor Sheila, when I was reading the story about the prodigal son, yes. you never hear anybody replace son of the door, yes. ever. Um, and I have my own story um, as far as leaving and coming back, but I'm so happy to see you. We have prayed so much for you, my sister. And I did not recognize it was you up front. So when God did you nothing else today, by seeing you, he has already done it.
want to take this time out to uh, pray for the pray for the house. So if y'all bow your heads, please. God, we come to you at this moment. Thank you, Lord, for everybody being in your house, Lord. We want to thank you. Because somebody didn't wake up today, Lord. Yes. Lord and it's a blessing to be able to wake up for you. To be able to stand up, to say your name, to praise you. Because, yes. Lord, to be honest with you, we could have died months ago. We could have died hours ago, a whole year ago, Lord. We could have died when we first came out of the Lord. But you, and only you, saved us. And for that, Lord, I'm thankful. My church is thankful. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And keep praising us, Lord. And we keep praising you. Amen.
that way every day in life. But I keep going every man. I get up, put my clothes on, save my bread, I go on my business. And they said, you in pain? I said, yeah. Just what's wrong with you? Yeah, I looked at him, the breath, and said, hey, brain surgery, shoulder replacement, hip replacement. The other hip hurt, but I ain't getting done. <laughs> but uh, I said, man, I said, yo, looking at things the wrong way. I had one of them, I said, you prayed in one of them? He said, no, I never see me do. Then they turned around and put a, at a safety meeting. Girl had a bad day. Eighteen women hit her head on. She talked through the whole thing. I sat down there and said, as they got over there, I said, uh, they said, anybody got to come in? I said, I do. They said, what is it, Pastor? I said, she gave thanks to the doctor, her brother, yeah. her boyfriend. Say nothing about the man up there. Yeah. That's who kept for him. Yeah. They got mad at him. Yeah. I, said, I ain't kept. Amen. I just said what I had to say. So that was wrong. Amen. Don't get me wrong, man. The video was nice. It makes sense. Drive and text on the phone. It makes sense. But you get everybody crazy. Another one white guy, me and him pretty cool. He said, Pat, I said, what? You made a mad night out here. Mm. And the rest of the day, didn't nobody say that. Mm. <laughs> so, my wife said I'm, I was about to crack up. I went out trying to pull the motor out of the car. Me and the guy found out that. He said, well, this is Pat. We started talking. We thought, and then the other side of the road from the house. We had a gunshot. We listened around. Didn't see nobody. He said, I'm going to go to the house and get me some water. Go in the house. Brother put his noodles upside the wall. I came in and told me, I said, I'm going to go. I left. Left the police let me out. I got I called back and told her. She said, you all right? I said, I'm fine. She said, you going to make it? I said, nope. I said, there's something that I won't be fooled with. I ain't gonna make that way. But me and the white boy, we were good friends. I called him to talk to her. He said, he was all right. I said, you all right? That me, you all right. He said, I'm all right. He said, I ain't gonna deal with that. He said, that's okay. So that was pretty good. I'm gonna be all right, though. Pray all the way here.
but I'm very, very thankful for you and Pastor Jimmy, Sister Dakota, Sister Naya. Even when your face is not here in your presence, know in your heart the tree of life is yet free for you. We desire to see you every time the doors open. Amen. We love you. Know that your church family loves you. Know that your church family is here for you. And Pastor Sheila, I know there have been many mornings you and I have shared conversations, and especially during the summer when I wasn't working. And I never forget one Sunday you told me that God said, take him out of that next part. A lot of people didn't understand it, but I knew because I had really put my in the match box. And I said, well, this is all I need. And it's in the strange part about it, and I can relate to what Sister Amanda said, it's like, you know, you were sitting on my bed listening to my husband and I conversate. And the phone rang, and you began to tell me exactly the words that I said. You didn't wait. I mean, they were quote unquote. Just what I said. I said, this is fine. We find it right here in this little apartment. We don't need nothing else. It's just you and I. And you walked right up to my face. And you were bold. And you pointed your finger at me and said, God said, take him out of the next box. And you told me, you said, God has so much more that he wanted him. So much more that he wanted him. And you walked away and you began to minister to somebody else and you come right back and you say, yes, God said he's going to give you a house. I looked at my husband and I'm like, yes, God's going to house. You ask him about a house? He says to me, but the pastor said, you may want to get ready for your house. So I took those words by faith and I started getting boxes. I went grocery shopping for a new house that I had no idea what it was going to be. I bought non-perishable things. I put them in the boxes. Pastor Sheila, I still have some of those very non-perishable things now that I started packing those five years ago. But God is shit to me. I went as far as I could find the their way, paid a little bit alone. God blessed me through the words that came from my pastor. And then to put the icing on the cake, Everybody knows Pastor Jimmy is not as bold as Pastor Sheila. When Pastor Jimmy came to us, he said, he said to us, and as Pastor Sheila always tells us, if he said, you can stand on it. He said to me and Brother Pat, he said, Brother Pat, you know what He said, don't worry about it. God said y'all get in the house.
Pastor said during this phase that God was shaking some things in me. I see things in this house that God has shaken in me. I see dead people coming to life. I see people that were dead when we was here Thursday Sunday. Look like to me they full alive today, and this is how service ought to look. When I come through the door, I can feel the presence of God so strong. And I begin to just sit there and I begin to just pray and ask God, Lord, I love the service. If you could not feel the presence of God in here, I urge you to put me into the circuit. Because the God we serve is yet alive. That's my testimony. Now I'm excited to Church announcements. Uh, we in Tree of Life are looking for new families to bless with Thanksgiving meal in a box. Gift. If anyone know of any family that needs a blessing, please submit their name, address, and telephone number to Pastor and give them our ministry line number, which is 470-377-1422 for more information. Also, we will be having a planning committee meeting November the 10th, 2013, at 6 p.m. Pastor will be in touch with those committee members for instruction. December 22nd, 2023 is our family game night. Wear your ugly sweater or your ugly PJs. <laughs> Time will be announced at a later date, also with more instruction. This is what we're going to do instead of doing a normal celebration of happy birthday, Jesus. We're going to have a family night. Other information will be announced later. According to everyone, I always know out. No electronic devices, and I don't think I need to say it anymore. I think everybody got that one down. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I'm ready to hear the word. Yeah. Yeah. We've had service. We've yeah. blessed God. Now we're ready to eat. Yeah. All right, amen.
It was amazing. It was a blessing with all God. Uh, October the 16th, Pastor Sheila and I went to South Central Regional Medical Center to see my cousin, but she's my sister, and I love her. She's so sweet. She was in the bed when we went back to visit her, and she couldn't hardly talk, but she reached out for my hand, and she was praising God all along. Y'all, I'm talking about she's sick. They said she had a stroke in the brain, but she still praised God. When I grabbed her hand, she was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I choked up. Because hmm. I know what God can do. We know what God can do. He has a last So, after I got through choking up, Pastor Sheila said, don't cry over her. Jimmy? That's what she called me, Jimmy, when she be kind of on the discipline a little bit. <laughs> I said, baby, it's my baby. I can't help it. She reminds me so much of my auntie, my Shirley. She is my favorite auntie. If y'all, all y'all would know, y'all probably have a favorite aunt, my uncle. But that was my baby. And she died with breast cancer. So we went in there. We prayed. She would call on the name of Jesus. Some people there I didn't want to see. But God made it be that way. A lot of forgiveness is in the hospital that night. People that talk about you, because you feel a little right, right by God. You put, when a man find a wife, he find a good thing, and he'll turn favor with the Lord. And his family is not his family anymore, his wife and his kids. So they didn't agree with me with that, but I stood on the word of God. So I walked past my auntie, and I ain't never said her name, Wayne. I said, when? Like that, because I'm angry with her. She said, Jim. No, she didn't say Jim. She said, Boogie. That's what they call me. Boogie. Right, when I got back in that room, my wife said, Boy, you better make it right. I said, Oh, oh, oh. I got to make it right. So I go back. I said, Hey, I'm leaving. Can I have a hug? Yeah. I love you. So she sighed with each other. I said, Nope. Uh, I said, I want a real hug. She gave me a real hug, y'all. And that night I forgave her. And I'm going to tell you the reason why I was upset with her because she told me at my uncle's funeral that my, my wife's not, she don't want to meet my wife. And I said, okay, not a bad thing. My wife is my heart, my spiritual wife. And I just want to thank God for her. But I'm going to fast forward. I'm not going to be at home. We went to. Rossberry, where the key hospice. Went to the Rossberry Hospice over there on Fort Avenue to see my cousin. I didn't know what to expect. My, my mom was on hospice. She went, she went, she was transferring. And um, we go in the room. Oh, man, God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. She was sitting up. She got some big brown eyes. I said, Sheila, look at this. <laughs> Man, this girl, I ain't so big. They the blank, y'all. I said, look at the Holy Spirit. Then her, she was talking about the Lord. She didn't stop. And the, man, it's, it's such a blessing to see God do his will. To trust in the Lord and believe in him and have faith in him. And when you, when you do that, how things could change. 
And I just thank God. I just want to share that with y'all because it changed me. No more complaining. I heard too, Brother Patrick. But God, I got it, man. I heard every day. Sometimes I don't want to go to work. She to keep him out the bed. I <laughs> but God, I got it, man. And I just want to thank God. And I just want to let my church family know we got to continue to trust in Him and have faith in Him. No matter what we're doing, I see it big. They say, Lord, thank you. Say, thank you, Jesus. And Michelle Table said, and God showed her that she's a mighty woman of God. And I want to thank God. So I want to say a prayer. God already done did it. But I just want to say a prayer. And just give God thanks. Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you for bringing us here today to give you the glory, to praise you. Thank you, Father God, for letting your Holy Spirit be in this house today, in your house of worship. Thank you, Father God, for everyone that got up and gave their testimony, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for Mother Deborah, for letting the Holy Spirit work through her, Father God. Father God, we just thank you for everyone that's opened up, Father God. Father God, we just thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you for your healing, Father God. Father God, we thank you for hearing our prayer, Father God. Well, we thank you don't hear it, but you hear it, Father God. Father God, we thank you, Father God, when we heard you for helping us get up and go to work in the morning and go serve you, Father God. Father God, we thank you. When man closes the door, you open another one, Father God, and they can't open and they can't share it. Father God, we just thank you for our children, Father God, for having the, 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 the self-esteem, the will to get up and praise you, Father God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for your words of encouragement, Father God, through Mother Deborah, through everyone that God has spoke, through Pastor Sheila, Father God, Sister Yvonne, Father Brother Stacy, Father God, we thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, for being our rock, for being our everything, Father God. When people say no, Father God, you say yes. So, Father God, thank you for this blessed service, Father God. Thank you for the faith, Father God, giving us faith. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Father God. We love you, Father God. We're going to serve you no matter what comes, no matter what happens, Father God. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
just for the men and miracles, the signs and wonders in this place, just for the spiritual maturity that's in here today. So we just thank God for moving in this service. He's already moved, y'all. So we just give him glory and honor. God, I just thank you for another opportunity to stand as an instrument in your body, God. I ask that you anoint my ears so I can hear clearly and that you will anoint my lips, God, so I can speak things that's pleasing to you, Father God. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them be acceptable by your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And the people of God said amen. Amen. Amen again. Amen. Just high-five somebody on the way to you. See, y'all ain't even got to move. This is the right attitude. Last, last time we met, I was telling you, just urging you, please sit by somebody. Y'all shake the room up. Well, the room has been shaken. And <laughs> we thank God for his mighty move. We're going to come from Matthew chapter 23. And um, Sister Dakota has, um, <laughs> it was a miswrite. It was dead man's bone up there. But she worked so hard, and I thank God for her and her obedience. But I'm going to be talking about dead men's bone. Dead men's bone, not dead man's. Uh, so we're going to be coming from Matthew 23. We're going to read verse 1 through 3, and then you can be seated because we are going to skip around. So Dakota, could you read um, verses 1 through 3? Verse 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Yeah, they they under Moses' law. Go ahead. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you, observe that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not do. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. First of all, I just have to give you some context of who these scribes and these Pharisees are. The scribes were the religious lawyers. Uh, they would go through the word of God. Y'all know people like that. They can pick through the word of God and, and they, they go through it with a fine tooth comb. You may not mess up and say one word wrong because they're going to correct you. But they did it so that they could learn. They were well learned in Scripture. So they wanted to learn the Word of God, not to exalt God, not to draw people to God, but so they could create loopholes for themselves. Y'all know people like that. See, we got to be careful because somebody knows the Word. Uh, demons know the Word. Uh, that's what witchcraft is. That's how it came about. They would take what was meant for good and they would use it for corruption. Well, these scribes, they, they did this to create loopholes for themselves and, and to manufacture more laws that would be beneficial to them. Luke chapter number 20 uh, verses 45 through 47. You don't have to turn there. Jesus said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around with these long robes. That sound familiar? 
and, and they like to display their prominence and uh, they love to be honored and they love to be seen and respected. They only go to certain settings where they can be glorified and honored. So when we see this, that is the way the scribes used to move. Uh, somebody say, the scribes ain't dead. Scribes ain't dead. Yeah. Now the Pharisees, the thing about the Pharisees is that some scribes were actually Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones that after the laws were created, they would go to the synagogues, they would, they would go to the places of worship, and they would teach it. Now how foul is that when you go and create this, these laws? And then you go into a place of worship, the synagogues, the temples, and then you teaching this foulness. Somebody say the Pharisees on there. Now, we have to know where we're sitting. We have to know what we're sitting under. And that's why there's always a warning to y'all not to be controlling or occultic. I be saying y'all watch what y'all eating. Watch what y'all listening to. Because a lot of it sounds good, but it's not sound doctrine. And the thing about sound doctrine is most people don't want to hear it. Because you have to die to this. Most people don't want to change nothing. It, 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 you know, there, it's not a compliment when somebody evil and unrighteous and ungodly can come and tell a, a, a real man or woman of God, you preach the good word. Something wrong. So I used to, you know, just, God, this helped me. Sometimes the, dis, the, the discomfort and the moving and the attitudes in the atmosphere lets me know something good and sound must be going forth because they uncomfortable. God says something is wrong in the temple when somebody wicked can be comfortable. He said that double-edged sword is supposed to be making a move. Rolling eyes and suckle their lips and all that stuff that they do. He said that's supposed to go on. But we don't let it command the atmosphere, amen? That's why I thank God for divine order. He said Mother Deborah's going to break the atmosphere today, and she did. Praise God. And every person that got up with the testimony and the honesty and the transparency, it broke it. Even if there's something within that you know you got to work on or whatever. See, we don't give that thing room to grow. Sometimes it's yourself you got to sit there. Sometimes it's the, the scribes and the Pharisees be working in us. But God says, in my temple, it's going to look different. I thank God for today. And look in chapter number 11. Verses 37 through 44. Don't, don't turn there. To, to, we're going to stay in Matthew 23 today. But these Pharisees, they were always trying to 
find something wrong with Jesus. They, they never could, mother. Uh, and I like how the Bible shows us they would ask him, who you think you are? Aren't you? When I'm on the reason why you can cast out a demon is because you are a demon. It's demons in you. They could never quite put their hands on who he was. So they had to try to lay traps. And Luke 11 is an example. This Pharisee had the nerve to invite Jesus to a dinner party. And the Bible says that he took offense because Jesus didn't wash his hands before he ate. He said, I'm the cleanest thing to ever wash this, broke this earth. But I like how Jesus turned around and said, woe to you. He said, woe to you. You worried about me washing my hands. He said, but you are a concealed tomb that people walk all over. He said, you talking about my hands dirty, your whole life is filthy. That's the Pharisee. See, God was so prophetic that he could see right through it. He even knew, yeah, you invited me now. And then y'all going to keep coming after me. He said, but I'm going to tell y'all exactly who you are. And so our Bible, it has the tendency <laughs> to miscount some things and to discount some things. But actually, this was the first woe. We hear about the seven woes. How many woes y'all heard of? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Y'all heard of the woes? Well, I have always heard of seven woes. We're going to learn something today. But Jesus was so prophetic, y'all. He would look them right in the face. He would go to a dinner that they... they Invited them to. See, everything people inviting y'all to, it ain't because they like y'all. <laughs> they trying to set you up to discredit. They trying to size you up. They trying to find something wrong. But if y'all keep walking in the will of God, God said, I'm not going to let them see it. Not that you're perfect. He said, because I'm perfect and you belong to me. Now, I'm still going to tell you some thorns that I ain't going to move because if I move it, y'all going to get the big head. He said, but they they not really inviting y'all to this stuff because they like you and love you. He said, they trying to discredit you. That should have blessed somebody it did for me. But we've always heard about the seven modes. The word woe means Rebuke. In the Greek, Greek is its definition is to denounce something. And it is used to pronounce someone or something that has blasphemed or who is evil. So when God woes you, it ain't good. When you hear woe, that's that's something we need to pay attention to. Because that means it's something that's unpleasing to God. So throughout the verses, uh, chapter 22, we hear him say, Woe to you hypocrites, the scribes and the Pharisees. And see, that's why God said, make sure they know that there's a difference. Break it all the way down. 
And so when y'all see these things in motion, when y'all see these people and these spirits operating, you can put your hands on it. Now the word hypocrite in the Greek means actor. Someone who pretends to be one thing, but is really something else. They are fakes, Sean. They're religious frauds and imposters, J-Man. You know y'all, y'all, how y'all be saying when y'all be picking on folks about their chain turning tarnishing and their shoes ain't the right shoes. Them the, instead of Jordan holding the do you be backwards and all this stuff. And y'all be saying, what are those? <laughs> they are fakes. And that's what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is somebody pretending to be men and women of God. And they're imposters. They're, they're not who they say they are. So some of y'all might say, well, why is this relevant? You know, why? Why? Why do we need to hear about this? This thousands of years ago. Because God told me to tell you the scribes and the Pharisees are not dead. Mm -hmm. Did you not hear me say that they went into the synagogue? A synagogue is a gathering place for instruction and worship. That's what we call the church. Uh huh. Did you hear me say how they conducted themselves and how they quote good scripture? But and he said, inwardly they were raving as wolves. This is what a lot of people sitting under. This is how the unrighteousness got ushered into the church, and it got carried through thousands of years, and now it's in the modern. Day church. And so therefore Satan through his workers of iniquity have infiltrated the church. That means they blend it in. And so if you don't have insight then you'll be messed up because you'll be confused saying but I thought she loved the Lord. I thought he was a real strong man of God. I thought she was a real woman of God. But God said no, no, no. They good works don't make them righteous. And he said, I'm going to need for y'all to be keen in your insight. Not just to be able to see good. Because see, just like with your, your, your insight, if, you, if you're not before God, just like some of y'all have to have those glasses to read and stuff. If you sit him down, you're not going to be able to see clearly. Just like if some of y'all take your glasses off, now you'd be like... God said that's what happened when you don't really, really know sound doctrine. And by, by the way you learn sound doctrine is if you stay in your work, you stay connected to God, you stay in a place where it's going forth, y'all. I know, I know. Listen, I, sometimes y'all don't want to hear that stuff. I don't be wanting to hear it. Let alone go and deliver the message because it comes to me first and then I have to share it. So I don't be wanting to tell y'all that here we go again. But God loves us so much. Y'all got to understand that this is what love looks like. 
Real love will whoop you and hug on you and love you and you be crying and they be telling you to suck it up and at the same time trying to figure out how they can, man, I'm going to do this for my baby. We ain't going to tell them. You see, that's why God, he loves us so much. He's going to whip us into shape. He said, y'all living in a day and a time that the average person can't even discern what's of me and what's not. Yeah, that's why this sanctuary looks like this. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that this is the only place the sound document is going for, but a lot of the popular preaching and teaching is going to be do just like uh, what the Pharisees are doing, and we're going to get there. It's going to get folks sent straight to hell. Hmm. Ephesians 5 and 27, it says, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle on any such thing, or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. That's why we have to hear the whole of the hard messages. Because God says, I want for you to be a church that I'm coming back for. God said that these people that making people feel good and they got them in these safe places, telling them, Yo, you, you, I told y'all, you, you're doing so much better. God said they ain't going to get it. Either you're going to heaven or you're not. Either you're going to hell or you're not. Because God said the church that he's coming back for, it's going to be without a spot nor wrinkle. We can't be sitting there now because, um, yeah, we can pray real good. Oh, yeah, God used you real good. Dakota, you, you sang, you still better live holy. You got up and you opened up testimony service and, and you up helping with the lessons and doing your part in service. You still got to live holy. Your good works ain't going to get it. So God says, there are some things that Jesus specifically told these scribes and these Pharisees that they were doing because he knew that they were corrupting the church. And he said, but I'm, I'm leaving, I'm speaking directly to you. See, y'all had to ask who I was. But I'm telling you who you are and who you are not. And he said, it's, and it, even with me correcting you, it's going to bless my real church. And so what we do with this, we take somebody else's chastening. Ooh, that's good when you don't have to get the pulpit, but you can learn from it. See, I done seen some people get real, real good to the point that I can say, I don't want none of that. So God, tell me what I, mama, tell me what I got to do not to get hit. And so Jesus said, the tree of life today, take these woes, take these rebukes, take these things that I've had against these people, pretending to be men or women of God, take them, and you live a holy, righteous life. You do the opposite of what they did. I'm not going to read all of the woes, but I am going to read... I have Dakota to read chapter 23, verse 27. Read it, Dakota. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, yes. hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, mm -hmm. which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, yeah. for inside are full of dead men's bones yeah. and all uncleanliness. Yes. He said, yeah, you done dressed it up real good. He said, you look real righteous. And he said, I said, dead men bones. He said, because not only are you headed to hell, you're taking a whole lot of people with you to hell. Mm-hmm. And I like how God parallels. He always gives us something to reference because he knew that the enemy was going to mimic him. See, that's what, we, that's what we see a lot of people, every religion that you see, you don't see them going against each other. All of them go against Christianity. You don't see the sacrilegious stuff copying. You don't see the gays using Buddha. Everything goes against Christianity. And people still want to question, is it real? If it's not real, why has it been so under attack? And why, why has it been so mimicked? That tells you there's something greater to it. And the enemy knows that. But he said, you, you got yourself looking like this. Beautiful white tomb on the outside. And on the inside, you corrupt. You dead. Ain't nothing to you. There ain't no power. And you headed to hell. So you might have some earthly stuff. And you might have a large following because I believe that for it to be uh, full of dead men's bones, you done had some influence on some people. And they done had, they done leave what you said and they done followed you and they done worship you. And you tell y'all wonder why I ain't on any social media. I just can't find it in myself to have followers. I'm scared of that. And be following folks. I'm scared of that. Because you don't know what their source is. You don't know what they're operating. How they're operating. Did I tell you that these were people that studied the word of God from front to back? Did I tell y'all that these, these big people in these high positions that were teaching? And here we are today. With the same thing. God is saying, wake up church and stay awake. Don't let no man deceive you. Because they look good and sound good. That don't mean they're good. They look good on the outside. What's on the inside? What's their motive? Why are they telling you that you ain't got to do that? Let's rethink our thought. They operating from another spirit and it's not the spirit of God. We have to be careful. Ain't no rethinking your thought. If God says it's offensive, it's an abomination, that's what it is. The word don't change. People do. And see what happens is when it gets into your house and your family, it makes you want to change your mind. But I love them. I see I know they hard. They got a good heart. They really ain't what you see. Yeah, he bust somebody in the head. He robbed them because he's stronger. Yeah, he'll add it. 
and maybe if people would be for real about what they see, the healing can go forth. We ain't got to dress it up. We ain't got to make stuff look pretty. Because what, what the Bible is saying, the stuff that they dressed up in the Bible on the inside, it was real ugly. I'm glad for a place of worship that I can show my scars. I'm, I'm glad for a place of worship. Hey, you never know what's going to go down. That's why we ain't got no videos on the people face, so you'll be embarrassed if your wig slide off, you kick it to the side. If, hey, if something come off and you lose something, just kick it to the side. That spiritual nakedness and that exposure, sometimes that's how free you need to be. You need to be real about it so God can clean it up. So we ain't going to make it look clean on the outside. Like the Pharisees and the scribes. We ain't gonna make it look pretty, Pastor G. Yeah. We're gonna call the thing a thing and let it show exactly how it is. But God said, tell them about the woes. I ain't gonna even sit up and play with y'all today because I've always learned in Matthew 23 that there were seven woes. And God said, well, show my church that there are eight. And so he told me to tell you to write it down, trip like y'all can go study it yourself. I'm sure some of y'all will, and others won't. But the first woe is verse 13. The second woe is verse 14. The call to go to the NIV and read. The second woe, verse 14. Anybody got an NIV? Yes. What does verse 14 read? Are you coming from NIV? Verse 14. 14. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven and people's faith, and you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, 15. Woe to teachers of the law. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted y'all to see. Because if any of y'all got the NIV, they left. Uh, Verse 14, blank. Yeah. <laughs> Who you think are responsible for that? Would that be the scribes? And so, this is a good lesson for this church. It talks about, read it in the, which version you got it in? Read it in the King James, verse 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Yeah. For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Yeah. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Uh-oh. Why do you think they left there? And see... 
ain't going to stay there too long, but I'm going to touch it. No wonder they don't agree with women ministry. See, right here, God exposed, Jesus exposed them. He said, instead of helping the widow, like I told you to, you go into their house sleeping with them. Oh. He said, instead of blessing them, you dangling stuff over their head. He said, you're abusing their authority, your authority, you hypocrite. Now, who you think left that verse out of the Bible? They knew version. The scribes ain't dead. Somebody say the scribes ain't dead. Okay, this is during a time that women weren't even respected. We're going to go on, on, a little farther on. And we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. Why? Because God shows me, showed me that these seven, eight, nine woes, however many times Jesus woe the, the Pharisees and the scribes, that it parallels with Paul's letter to the seven churches. Mm. Why Paul? What you saying, Pastor? Because before Paul which was Saul, when he was on the road to Damascus, before he had his moment with God and his conversion took place, he was a Pharisee. Uh-oh. And not only that, he was well-learned, the Bible says. Uh-oh, so he was fired too. And so if you want to quote something that Paul said, you make sure Paul was operating in the right spirit, telling him to bring it. Tell them to bring it. If you really want to know the truth, the true sound doctrine, God said, I call whoever I choose, but you can't sell and you be backing. Who said? Who said women shouldn't be preaching and women got to keep? Who said it? And my Bible tells me, I, Paul said. But forget, don't forget, there was still some flesh. He ain't he the one that said, so I'll remain in the will of God. There's thorns. There's a thorn in my flesh. That means he's human, right? If you're going to quote some scripture and, and, and be backing some stuff, you better know what you're backing. And I pray it helps some of y'all. Because some of y'all, y'all like Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus was a secret disciple. The Bible says that Nicodemus was one of the ones that he was a Pharisee. But he would go at night time. I want Jesus. I saw you performing. I saw you healing me. You know, I ain't really supposed to be talking. He said there's some scribes and some Pharisees right in the church. They some secret, they some secret disciples. Around certain people. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Around the others, you know, I'm not going to say that. You know, we can't say Jesus. That he knows my heart. Mm -hmm. And then some of y'all, y'all some secrets in here. Because before y'all can say y'all sitting and listen to a woman, y'all got to say, but it's a man too. Hey, we got a man pastor too, which we all want. You ain't, you ain't lying. But see, you should be so certain that these people ain't playing with God. Look, I, I don't care if they're an elephant. They're my pastor. 
and not for worship, but for honor. See, this is right here saying you better know what you're sitting under. It's a lot of Nicodemuses right in the church. It's a lot of scribes and Pharisees right in the church. And they're going to get plucked out of here because we're going to grow in God in here. Yeah. But I like how Paul, he was just human. We, we, if we read on with the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees today ain't doing, it's telling you on because when that's the kind of doctrine that he taught, listen to this, a young Timothy. That's over in 1st and 2nd Timothy. And the Bible says that Paul would teach a young Timothy. It never referenced Paul's age, but if Paul was teaching Timothy when he was younger, that means Paul was younger and immature in some places. But if we read on, this is not what they're telling us. He back back, mother. And he said, I probably say, God, use whoever he want to use. See, don't nobody tell you that right there. They just stuck on it. And that's what they want people to be able to gravitate to so they can be in control. So their motives can move. And God said, don't be deceived by any of that. Don't you sit under a man that's foul and corrupt. Don't you sit under a woman that's foul and corrupt. I, I was invited to a women's conference a few years back. I had been praying and praying. Consecrated three years. I waited for my husband. And so I was invited there to listen to one of my acquaintances speak. I don't use the word friend too lightly. And so after she got done speaking, now by you, it was a women's empowerment. They got up and it was just, I knew I was in the wrong place. And God said, get up. Sometimes he'll make me sit there and listen. But all their messages were, you don't need no man. And don't no man complete you. And it can just be you or God. And while they were saying that, I was packing up because I was saying, Lord, let me tell you something. I don't want none of these seeds to stick. Let me tell you, I don't pray and I don't wait. And that was some unsound doctrine. I wasn't going to let it. Uh -uh. You got to love you. All of them looking like they done rolled out of a bed, lit all in their hair. There ain't nothing wrong with no natural. But don't use it as no excuse not to comb your hair. And see, looking like they done, we don't wear makeup. I don't know why you don't. And the Bible tells me that Esther had to prepare a whole year before she could stand before the king. Stop sitting under all this foolishness. I don't care what gender it is. If it ain't right, it's wrong. Amen. And you better hit the door. When they start to open their mouth, you just take off running. And then you have to leave whatever you leave. I'm getting up out of here. Yeah, these kids were very. I'm telling you, they were high profile. She had so many followers. And she's this. And she was that honey, I don't know who you are. But your message ain't for me. And then it's so so perverted and so corrupt. She got a big big band and big 
wedding ring on her hand, telling you not to believe God for your husband. That, that's to get in here, and that's to manipulate you. That ain't nothing no different than the Pharisees did. They prayed on brokenness. They prayed on the widow. They prayed on those that were that were down and out instead of helping them. Let me see how I can slide in here. Don't be deceived. Jesus said, I rebuke you. Can't nobody make it right. Ask them next time they get to try to tell you about the seven woes. Ask them what about the eight one. Uh-huh. The next time they try to put something in your ear and in your heart and in your mind, I've been a, a reverend for 40 years. Ask them what kind of doctrine you standing behind and how you standing on it. Is it holy? Anybody ought to not be able to tell y'all anything in this house. Another thing that God showed me, this is why it's so relevant. It's just like the, those woes parallel Paul's letters to the churches. They go right, they parallel John's letter to the churches. That was amazing to me. Because people saying that they're waiting on God. God give us instruction and direction to make it easy. God said it's right there. And he said it ain't nothing new. When John addressed the churches, he did the same thing that Jesus is doing. He said, this is the problem that I have with you. And this is what you need to look out for. Philadelphia, you all right? Don't get too good and too comfortable being all right, tree of life. I say Philadelphia because that church is always that. I've always studied Philadelphia. Um, that it reminds me of me in my journey, my walk. But there are a few questions the Lord told me to leave with you. The first one is ask yourself, am I drawing or driving others to Christ? Will who I say I am within Christ? Is my life representing to the kingdom to where people would see my life and want to serve the God that I serve? Or are you ugly, you're nasty, you're arrogant, you're prideful, and folks say, Ooh, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want none of that. So ask yourself that. Another thing that we are to ask, our, ask ourselves is am I looking for personal followers? Does my faith point people to Christ or to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, next time I want to see y'all young folks taking some notes. This is stuff for you to take with you. And so when, when it's released, y'all get y'all notebook and your pads. So you won't be sitting somewhere saying amen and stuff going over your head. Mm -hmm. 
The Bible says, study to show yourself approved before God and man. And so you don't have to sit there and amen stuff and folks sending you straight to hell, leading you straight to hell where they going, like the Pharisees. Amen? Because I believe that if some of y'all growing up, if they, Jay, man, you got, what, two years before you're 18, Sean? What, for two years before you're 18? And Margaret, Dakota, Jerry, y'all, it's not going to be long. Do I believe that this is the only place y'all going to sit? Absolutely not. But with all these false prophets and preachers and all this internet stuff, I want you to be able to identify and know the word for yourself. So y'all, when y'all in service, I, I, I appreciate the attentiveness, but I want to see you get this information so you can go back and you can see it for yourself. And when somebody leaves something out, that God says or, or add something that God didn't say, you could say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That ain't what my Bible says. And you can go right there. And it ain't to be in a battle with somebody or a dialogue, an intellectual uh, fight. But it's for you to be able to stand on the word of God. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. The next thing is... Is my integrity proven by my actions or just words? Do you have integrity? Because that's what God does. He, he esteems his people. And so you don't, you, you don't have to worry about being bamboozled all the time. When you got some integrity, can't nobody tell you you got to pay him. You know, Give me $20 and you'll be healed. See, God doesn't esteem me in my mind and I got enough integrity. First of all, I'm not going to stoop down to your foolishness because that's what it is. He wants us to stand upright. He wants us to be sober. Sober. And use the sound of judgment. Amen. The fourth thing is, am I caught up, so caught up in the detail that I'm missing the big picture? Mm -hmm. They were so busy about Jesus washing his hand, they didn't even know the Messiah was at their house. Had they known who they were entertaining, they would have been washing his feet, brother, bitch, amen. But they're so caught up in the law and so caught up in the detail and looking at what they're doing wrong. Do you see the heart? What's the heart's motive? What's behind it? Now she ain't perfect. She ain't all the way right there. We, yeah, she had the nigga to wear some pants and we, wear, we don't wear pants over here. You got some people that's just so caught up in the praise so we wear pants over here. I think I got some on me. <laughs> I got some let's see, I ain't, ain't trying to throw them up. but did you go to places like that folks can't see your need folks being up crying and crying out we didn't cover her up she got her arms out so caught up in the detail hmm
These Pharisees and these scribes, they failed to re recognize who was right in their face. The righteous one. And it was the Pharisees that said, I would never be one to stone one of God's men. And you sent them to the cross. God just wants us to be different in this house. And I appreciate God. I appreciate his lessons and they shorten. Y'all, y'all know y'all don't come on time. You might miss the whole sermon. Because God taught me that. He said that's one of the things that the enemy did. And you hear all these people preaching, 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 and all these messages and words from God. He said, but what it has done is it has shortened that intention span. And so he said that it's only about five minutes that's being retained. And that's why God said you got to go in, bam, bam, bam. You ain't got to die for these long, drawn out. I would watch Bishop Paris and them. They used to preach for two hours. And they people were locked in. They would get it, but now they don't need that. Honey, that's not for me. I'm good. My house is good. And you ain't good. You're good on the outside. But on the inside, you're dead man's bones. We bless God for Jesus. We bless God for Jesus. We don't really have to ask God for anything because I believe that he knows what we need. We're not for ourselves. And as I saw Naya sitting there, I saw God put more in. That's just indication. You are just indication that prayers are being answered. Amen. Amen. Yes. And we still don't talk every day. She passed me. I heard somebody blowing Friday. And it was a car going real fast. And I got enough to glimpse. And it was my child blowing at me like she was blowing at a stranger. And so I called and got on together. And so everything is not perfect, but it's good because it's God. Amen. And there's more coming in. Brother Brandon is coming in, but this is indication. Brother Sexy and my same children, they're coming in. This is indication that our prayers are being Families are coming together, and I'm not saying that we're going to be able to sit around and we're going to be able to eat and break bread and stuff because sometimes the coming together is the release. And he ain't saying go, go reconnect. Because some people, they really are. I'm not making excuses. They loving you the best way they can. Because they broke it. So we can't ex expect something from nothing. Amen. But God is doing the thing. I don't care what the enemy is trying to make it look like. Everybody been calling me. I'm waiting to hear the good news, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. The Lord told me to call Jason. It's last Saturday. He answered on the third ring. Jason told me to call him this Tuesday. Same time, 8 o'clock. And the Lord said, he's looking at your phone. He avoided me. 
and I kept right on submitting applications, trying to get this, uh, getting this foundation listed as a charity organization and recognizing the fact this is not trying, because it is so. And if he don't up that space over there like he's supposed to, God got a space just waiting. And, and the vision may tarry. I'm so glad for the real testimony. You said five years. Yours was about five years. And I told you, I said, I know y'all don't see it. Uh-huh. You practice that. I'm, it's your way. I'm yet waiting. And I said, well, keep waiting. Live right while you wait. Because I said, it ain't on me. It's on you. But the Bible says that in, in Habakkuk 2 and 2, he said, write the vision and make it plain. But then he goes on to say, though it may tarry. See, ain't nobody talking about the tarry. Ain't nobody talking. Oh, God just left me. They told tell you they had to wait and they had to pray and be denied a whole lot of time. And seven years later, God just blessed me and just fell on me. See, that's why I love the transparency and the truth testimony. Because I had to wait for my husband for three years. Well, really longer than that because he was prophesied to me when I was 19. And so every man with a jacket with a tattoo on his arm, you might hug me. And that wasn't it. And then I met this man, and God was telling me he was a man of God. And he was lying to me. But the though the vision makes him grateful. He said it's gonna surely come to pass. I know there's a lot of Habakkuk's in here because I'll be like that too. How long? Because that was Habakkuk's here. He said, I got an issue with you, God. How long? Because I'm watching these unrighteous people be blessed. And I said, yeah, because the enemy gives gifts too. Don't be deceived. And see, it's just to discourage you and make it seem like that I ain't moving. Uh-huh. But if anybody had sense, Brother Patrick, they lock in the insight. See, that's why everybody got it. And they'll say, listen, I know I got 300 properties, Jason do. But it's something about them folks over there. Because the last time, if God, y'all, he needs a, a memory, and I, and I hadn't talked to him. But I'm willing to bet you that when he handed us those keys, something changed in his life. God bless you. I remember that day like it was yesterday. God used Sister Amanda and she was able to tell him his granddaddy, his birthday. And I said, well, Jackson, this ain't no witchcraft story. We don't do witchcraft over here. But it spoke to God and used you. And he'll, he'll tell you exactly what to say. And then he'll say, hey, you've done your point. Now you step back, you got to be obedient. But I remember he was coming from the doctor. And he said, remember he called me. God had been showing me a man with three keys, gold keys for how many? For about two years. And I said, he going to do it. I see a white a man, a white hand with three gold keys. And we got the picture where Jason handed me three gold keys right in front of that door right there. And he said, I don't want to dine from the church for three months. I want y'all to get in there and get in there. Good night. But I've been seeing the same right hand with three gold keys. 
Now, if he ain't obedient, that's him and God. But though the vision may tell, I'm going to wait for it. Bless God. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jimmy. May God continue to bless this house. And I said, we don't have to ask for anything because he knows your heart. And he's doing it now. He's doing it, mother. He's doing it. I know all of us are believing God for something. Don't get weary. Don't get discouraged. Because the evidence is in the house. We bless God. This offering time. And may your troubles show that you need to And may your battles in the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. And may